Table Talk is not your typical D&D TTRPG podcast. We are not here to run you through our whole campaign. We're here to talk about everything else in the space of Table Talk. I'm your host, Alejandra Wilhelm. And I'm also your host, Mariah Gresham. And we're your tabletop roleplay girlies. And we're live. Um, welcome back to Table Talk. Um, again, we have a wonderful episode here uh, with a very special guest, um, Ryan Amell. You want to give us a little, little intro about what you do and where people can find you and all the cool stuff you got going on? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me. Um, excited to be here. I I make uh, currently I make I guess short videos about D and um, Post them to TikTok and, and YouTube and Instagram and everywhere like that. Um, been doing it since the beginning of this year uh i'm a, a homebrew dm crafter um i like making things like props and puzzles and things like that and that's kind of what i tend to talk about uh, the most but um i'm probably more on the dm side of things and i think you guys kind of do both but would you guys consider yourselves pro- primarily like players like first and foremost like a, a heart of hearts are you players or dms i'm curious i think now i'm i'm making the shift more into the dming side of things because i started um like end of december of last year and I, it's it's become a growing fixation now and i i definitely am like wanting to run so many more games and mm-hmm. and be more involved on that side of things because just storytelling things cool. um, yeah, for, of course yeah for me for dnd i i've never ran anything uh in the the D verse um mm-hmm. uh, but i mm-hmm. started i'm running like vampire the masquerade uh like a very very modified fall of london because i know we need our like girly pop dating sims yeah. and our gay vampire husband mm-hmm. lovely stuff <laughs> um and uh-huh. then i also ordered the magnus archives uh which i'm so RPG, about. Uh, which i i'm about to finish oh. the whole thing and i'm also slowly re-listening to it because it's one of those podcasts you can listen to eight times so I suppose mm-hmm. I'm developing a theme of like being just the creepy bitch. Yeah, who's like <laughs> the month the monsters. You, you run you run us through the the horror shows. Yeah, there's like the Adams family energy. I mean, um, find a way for that to be profitable. You'll be good, right? That's just, what we're just working on. I feel market like. that all the way there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's that's I'm the work, dream. And I'm hope. working on like a little. I kick around ideas for like a, a creepy narrative uh, podcast, just because yeah. like I'm a writer and I love I love all that stuff. So it would gotcha. be fun. Would be yeah. cool. Very cool. Absolutely. Uh, um, so we're yeah, doing I feel, a, a I feel little... kind of boring um, <laughs> in terms of DM stuff because I don't, I haven't really gone too far outside of 5e. Like I use the system in lots of creative ways, but I've only recently like picked up like Blades in the Dark and um, what was the other one that I just recently grabbed? Like there's just stuff I haven't really tried out yet. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. So. Yeah. Heck Blades yeah. in the Dark is at, like the top of my, of my list for either stuff I want to run or play. Uh, just because mm-hmm. I've loved it since like the Taz like Dust mini arcs. I actually haven't e- listened to Taz Dust. You need to listen to them; they're very good. They're only like four <laughs> episodes a season. Okay, cool. Um, well, yeah. I mean, even regardless, like all of your stuff that you that you do, like I I binge through like most of your TikTok <laughs> like a few a few well, days ago. Yeah. Um, and you you make such cool like sets and minis and and like your puzzles specifically like you I want to say that you did inspire me in our last uh like session um Ooh, awesome. because Mariah one of my players um we were finishing up her arc and I gave her like a little a little decoder puzzle um to yes. figure out okay. and it was like a little cipher yeah it was so 
so it was so fun. I, I figured that's I had to figure it out like live at the table. And... Yeah, because we were going off vignettes. Oh, so like we did her vignette and I gave her the puzzle to solve while we were like doing time with other things. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, okay. So it was a, a cool little thing for her to do while while we were focusing on other stuff and then ultimately reveal that's what so cool. you found. Yep. Um, yeah, it was it was dope. I love, love it. That. But yeah. Um, you have a lot That's of interesting great. questions that you that you brought up, and I and I you're kind of flipping <laughs> yeah. the script on us, but well, I love that. Podcast situation. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, I I'm curious. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, go ahead and ask whatever you well, want. Well, especially because, like I said, so I've been I like I said I've been I've been binging your podcast uh, this <laughs> week, um, leading up today because I wanted to make sure I had a feel for like what you guys have talked about, what you guys are interested in, and, and you guys care a lot about your characters, which is awesome. And I was mm-hmm. I was curious if you guys had ever tried solo prologue sessions before a campaign before if you'd ever tried that in any of your games at all which i have it feels like it'd be right up your alley if not no but i would love to and like i haven't really like i don't really know anything about that like when you brought it up and so i was like i would help tell me about it because i'm sure i'm gonna start throwing that in on all my games (laughs) it's it's uh i've only not done it a couple times and i've always regretted it um so my how i started uh running the game was probably a little bit abnormal it was um actually like a solo game for my wife and Ooh. she's the one who really wanted to try it and D it's D D is sort of like golf like if you don't have friends yeah. that do it you're probably never going to do it yeah. <laughs> it's really hard to get started um and so we we're like okay well we like board games we like playing games let's just play it solo let's just play it with a dm and a player and we did that for the better part of a year which if you can imagine running um, if you've if you've ever run, I guess uh, a solo session at all, or or even just one, you know, the difference between like a few players and a lot of players, when it's one person making really fast decisions, they don't have to talk about what to do; they're just able to go. It was actually a really, it was it was like um, uh, kind of kind of getting run through all the ropes right away. Like I made a lot of mistakes really fast mm-hmm. um, because there wasn't you know there wasn't a lot of kind of places to hide like you normally get as a DM when you're running where it's like, okay, there's everybody's going to be chatting for the next like half an hour While I'm and like I can like check my notes and do this other stuff. Screen. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Instead it's like, oh, I have to be on the entire time because there's any discussion is happening in their head and then we move on. So as a result, I liked, I liked that though. It was, it's, it's, it's a really fun way to play the game. Um, and so before a campaign actually kicks off kind of like after sort of session zero and everything's established and people have kind of, hopefully sort of built their characters together before the actual first session together, everybody gets a solo session with the DM to basically establish their character in the world. Oh, so, I love that. Um, that just gave me such so, good, good brain. Yeah. Things. It's amazing. It's so fun. And so like, and, and it, so at the base level, it's like, okay, like obviously you know, it's, it's, you know, level one or level two, it's whatever level they're going to be at together. You take it back a level, right? Whatever that looks like. Mm-hmm. And you know, if there is anything combat, it's going to be really, really minor. It's going to be very like, um, you know, what's the the Colville, the Matt Colville example of like the Indiana Jones style combat where it's like they can't really lose. You're not going to kill them in their prologue, but yeah, yeah. it's it's got to be dramatic and exciting. And so that's always an interesting challenge. Um, but, yeah, the goal is to kind of give them stakes and interest in it before they meet the group so that that way they have something that's their own to carry through. And hopefully that ties into the group and, and helps kind of strengthen that that bond there that's always kind of the goal um and you can have a lot of fun with like crossing over those prologues and saying Mm -hmm. like yeah you happen to see this character doing this thing over there and they talk later it's like oh that was my you know it's it's like um it's like a 
what do you call it, like uh, cameos right before they actually get to the show type of thing. So I, I love it. It's it's really fun. It's a lot of work, but it's fun. That's really cool. And like um, we've done a version of that, like kind of similar with Strixhaven. Because one, like we do these little vignette scenes where it's just kind of like usually like one of our characters and all of right. the NPCs. And then with my character, yeah. especially mm-hmm. a lot of the stuff that was going into her arc was like, she'd been abducted and turned into a reborn and like her parents were taking all of that. So Ollie and I did sure. like out of session written RP yeah. in our discord server and hashed out like her breaking yeah, out of where she was great. captured and going through her family's house and trying to collect information all that and that was nice because like she was getting memories back and that that had happened before like as we were playing through the session yeah um definitely and that helped a lot with informing like that character specifically because she was you know a reborn and so i kind of needed that background to like push and pull against mm-hmm. and also like mm-hmm. we're written role play hoes yeah and like i will just i have fully just sent ollie <laughs> fan fiction about like characters and i eat it up like um, good food yeah because it's great. just like my low stakes like writing outlet um when i'm progressing right. starting writing my novel uh but yeah i like nice. the idea of doing um yeah like a prologue session i love i love that idea specifically really, because of, i want to do that for me for vampire the master it would be good but I love that specifically because, like, we 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 have a little bit of a challenge in the sense of, like, our home game that we do in person, we play once a month because half the people live in Houston, half the people live in Austin. Sure. So they drive down. So, like, in-person sessions like that would not be as feasible unless it's, like, on a weekend that we happen to be visiting each other and things like that. Yeah. Um, which is why, like, we do some written role play. But I do like that because of the fact that... For example, like me and Mariah, we do a lot of written RP yes. stuff, and that's just mm-hmm. really our shtick, and like mm-hmm. that's helped flesh True. out your character a lot for your arc. But um, I have other players who like I've done a little bit of OSRP with one of our other players' backs, but like it's kind of died down, and it's a very like low pressure. You write it when you have time, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other player, yeah. uh, Alyssa, has a few things of just like she'll put in letters that she sends to NPCs, but it's not really like an ongoing dialogue, and I think she prefers me writing stuff for her mm-hmm. osrp stuff and just right. kind of like taking over what story she's gonna read about yeah, it yeah well like with you and i it's pretty totally. like we ch- pass the baton of who's writing it's back and more, forth but it's it's back and forth of who is but, like yeah. really helpful at yeah. writing the most but so something like that where it is like an in-person one-on-one session i feel like is a lot more accessible to the people that like yeah maybe don't want to do the written part of it well, that's like something like you could do it on a phone call or like on True. a Discord it could call or remote. something too and just be like, hey, let's, yeah, let's totally. improv for a second. Absolutely. Yeah. But I love that. <laughs> I love that so much, yeah. especially like on I, the player side of things, because sometimes there's oh, that yeah. there's that time that it takes to kind of really step into the character. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. going from session zero to just raw dog in session one and you're like, hey, I've talked about this <laughs> character, but I have not fully stepped into into the suit of it yeah and it's kind of an opportunity to like trial because like i talked about this a couple episodes ago of like in our other kind of elder tour western campaign of like i switched characters um because the one the one i was playing at first you didn't get a test run of that uh, yeah and if i had had a test run i think i would have known that like it just wasn't the best fit and i maybe would have been able like and it was only two sessions right because we play Mm -hmm. that's the other game we play once a month because, like, we'll drive Bex and I drive down on like Friday. We play Strixhaven Saturday, our Elden Tour campaign Sunday. 
We drive back and then you guys got the some other games. Weekends. Oh, it's a weekend. It's a weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole trip. like event. Yeah. The last session literally was 18 hours. We did an 18 and hour so, Strixhaven session and then whoa. went and played our Western Horror one for six hours you know, the next day. At uh-huh. that point, like you should probably be getting like actual credit hours at some university for that amount of time. I feel like I in. should. I feel yeah. like I, feel I should. Like we should have like somewhere in a, in a computer somewhere, there should be a number accruing, is all I'm saying. But um, I should get a gold star for improv. <laughs> And planning and orchestrating all yeah, of that. Yeah, that's, that's wild. I've never done anything I was going to be able to cry, actually, mm. in that. So, yeah, we both should get, Absolutely. get many gold star. Absolutely. Um, well, the, the other thing that's great about prologues is it's sort of cheating for the DM because um, you can you can insert into the prologue. You can make sure, like, obviously, it's going to be about them anyway. So they're meeting characters that are important to them. Um, and mm. and you can you can almost sort of set up sort of some of the first interactions that are going to happen in the first session, which is always the hardest thing to do, right? Like everybody picks a corner of the tab, wants to get going. It's like, well, you, they've yeah. already had interactions with a, an NPC or maybe multiple. And so when you drop those in, they already have, maybe they even already have something to talk to them about because of what happened in their prologue. So in some cases, it's almost like, you know, the, all the players at the first session will be like, wow, this is actually going really great. It's like, I kind of cheated because I kind of set everything up in the session that nobody saw. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which can be really nice. Like, yeah. oh, you need to go ask this other, mm-hmm. like, you know, future party member something. There you go. Yeah. And so, like, you come in with motivations. Yeah. You sure. plant the seeds for that interconnectivity. Yeah, I'll probably do that for, for Magnus when we eventually start that. Awesome. And I might, I need to play. I, we need to, I need to run another Vampire the Masquerade session. The one we've ran, I completely raw dogged and did no prep. And that was a, <laughs> it was truly a testament. <laughs> I, and I never DM'd anything before. I really, I, that's a, well, that's congrats. an adjective. Um, insane <laughs> is another one. Um, but yeah, it was just like, cause I, I'm like, I don't want to railroad. And then I, I did, I don't, I don't think I completely knew we were going to play that weekend. And so I was like, Hey, could we like do vampires? And I'm like, yeah, sh- of course we can. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Oh fuck. I have done no prep. So like, I didn't have a copy of anybody's fucking character sheet. Right. I didn't have shit. So I'm like, I have to do a little bit of like mm-hmm, sure. stuff on the back just so I, I know. Um, and I need to figure out where that plot is going, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, I felt it was, that. It, sure. it, I think the the players enjoyed it, which was good. We loved and it, it. was it, it was it was fun. Um, just had to beat back the imposter syndrome. Looked like a wooden oh, stick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure, for sure. That's always hanging out there, right? That's always in the back of everybody's mind. I feel like. Yeah, I think especially as like a like a first time DM, and like we just did a whole whole episode with uh like talking XP mm-hmm. about like the whole imposter syndrome, especially in the DM space, because. You know, you compare yourself a lot to like a lot of these other, you know, really great people like Matt Mercer mm-hmm. and Brennan and Abria, et cetera. And, uh, you know, it's it's hard to compare yourself there and then be like, you know, those people do that for a living. Right. And we are, in fact, Absolutely. just people going to work <laughs> and then trying to do this in our spare time. Totally. Um, so it is OK if you don't have like an entire production value at your table. Um, and yeah, like you said, like, you know. Uh, and like i've discovered this now having dm'd because like my initial time that i played was a lot of prep uh over prepping because of course like the first time you sit down you're like i need to be prepared for every situation right. and of course you're never going to be nope. no because yeah. you can't ever account for what your players are going to do at that table and no. it might take a complete especially our fucking party like especially our <laughs> fucking party it's um, just yeah it's chaos hours all the time yeah and so uh, but i've gotten more comfortable with that in- improvisational side of things sure. 
Um, and you know, I feel like, I feel like the imposter syndrome, especially when you're behind the screen and also like when you're kind of feeling like degrees of inadequacy as a DM Mm -hmm. come from when you've, when you yourself have overplanned and then things don't go the way you thought they were, then you're like, oh, did they have fun? Whereas like, if you improv, you're like, I didn't know where we were going, but I was having a good time Mm -hmm. (laughs) as we were going. For me. That's that's not been quite my experience. For mm-hmm. me, I think it's generally a bad habit of comparing myself to other people. And having been a player and played with great DMs and no, and played with DMs that were fine, were good, but it's just I'm not as engaged. Yeah. Like, I know the difference. And the fact that like I do value the story so highly and I am a writer and I do like crafting the worlds and I like doing that collaboratively and that fear that I'm not meeting the bar the, that the I bar. have for myself yeah. was more of like where my insecurity came from. Mm-hmm. But I think that's also just, it's doing it. And then you fear of like when people genuinely say, let's say people say they enjoy it, believe them. Yeah. Definitely. And like, it, it definitely gets easier as you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You start to sort of gather the tools and, and also like the understanding of what it is you personally need to prepare to feel ready. Right. What is it wh- where yeah, do you need to because one of the things that and I think this is uh, I mean, we all probably have criticisms of like, you know, purchasable like modules, adventures, stuff that you can get off the shelf. But I think one of the reasons that we mm-hmm. all do is because it's Im- almost impossible to give any you know set of people something that's kind of good for them. Right. Like uh, because in some yeah. in some cases, you know, people, it's like, I really need to have all these stat blocks perfectly ready and I need to read over them. I need to have my notes on them. And for other people, it's like, I need a handful of ideas on a thing and I'm good to go. Right. And, so, and it's it's so it's hard to know. Or yeah, right. I need to know names. I need a list of names. I can't just make up names on the spot. Like everybody, I feel like everybody's in a different place with that stuff. So it's hard to hard to know. Yeah. Knowing where your strengths totally. and weaknesses lie mm-hmm. and like what what you can do to help yourself behind the screen versus what you what you're confident in in your own abilities and you know you can kind of fall back on mm-hmm. it on a whim yeah uh, when someone throws you a curveball and you're like i know i got the <laughs> shit down pack but if somebody asks me what this random tavern keeper's name is and his backstory i ain't got shit yeah, I ain't yeah. Got shit to tell yeah that one's gonna be whatever i think of yeah literally yeah i feel like i'm able to cheat a bit with vampire the masquerade in that way because it's not a mm-hmm. combat heavy game mm-hmm. and even with like how we've not run combat but like how i will run it is like they have a mechanical three rounds and out where you like we make our dice folds you roll three times and whoever it you know comes out on top, comes out comes out that, on top. wins mm-hmm. that combat and it streamlines it and it keeps it moving and it keeps it narrative focused so it's like there's a little bit of work of like i need to know the players dice pools and like the potential like where our strengths and weaknesses lie and things like that just so i know mm-hmm. what to roll but also like the last time i was just setting like difficulty levels arbitrarily in my head with like what seemed right and then giving you like because i didn't have any sure. prep so i was just like this seems like five successes seems like <laughs> enough yeah or like like Bex's characters, the social characters, she had one where she rolled like nine successes to read somebody in court. And you're like, yeah, that's perfect. And I was like, no, okay, no, yeah, you see inside, you see yep. their inside brain cells. Like, I don't know. <laughs> if there's something to know, you know it. Like, that's yeah. Great. And to be honest, like I do the same thing uh, with D and D, like especially like those DCs. I'm mm-hmm. fucking winging that shit every yeah. time. Every time I'm like, mm, this would be about about this difficult, and I kind of use like 
the 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 Brennan Lee Mulligan metric of like like fifteen is you know bronze and then like twenty is silver twenty five thirty whatever mm-hmm. um so I like kind of go in that gradient of like how how difficult or how easy something would be to accomplish um but yeah I'm uh, I'm constantly winging it constantly yeah I and I think you have to right because it's so we can't predict hardly anything really all we can I, the only stuff that i ever feel very confident no. about is if i feel like i have a strong opening to a session like i'm laying either in response to what happened last session or maybe like okay this is kind of kicking off the next thing or the next arc like i feel really good about laying the groundwork here and maybe i have an idea about a mm. climactic end to the session those are really the only things that i can ever feel good about because in between who knows right I call it like bullet points. Like I have a general idea of how mm-hmm. the session is going to start. I know like a general midpoint that we're eventually going to yep. work towards. Um, and then I have like an end in sight kind of thing. But then I leave a lot of like the middle mm-hmm. ground uh, kind of open for interpretation. Um, and I think it, I also can attribute to like I had to kind of workshop this as we went. But now I feel like I've got a system where it's. My my game is definitely much more like narrative heavy and we do have combat sprinkled here and there mm. where appropriate. But it is a lot of like I have vignettes right. in like the the first half of it of like it's Strixhaven, so they go to classes. So they all have their own classes and um they have different uh actions they can take in that class, either to interact more with the professor or a fellow student. Um or they can stay after class and basically like request access to maybe something that's more restricted from the professor mm-hmm. if they have enough sway mm-hmm. um, with that particular professor. Um, and then they also have like after class activities where that's really a free for all of like they can go, you know, do their club activities or they can go uh, talk to a particular NPC or they can go interact with each other some more. Um, and then like the back half is really where I kind of group them back together towards like some kind of mm-hmm. goal that they're kind of trying to meet at that like point. A, a plot yeah. Yeah. Event. So it's like the beginning is like the, the slice of life mm-hmm. building up shit. And then mm-hmm. the, the second half of the session will be kind of the more like plot heavy where we're going. Yeah. It's almost like episodic a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. It gives them room to like develop their characters individually as well as like sure. together and where they're going in that. Definitely. Well, I know like, both Ollie and I are pretty fascinated by like all the work you do with sure. minis and oh like the yes. stressing for the game because like we love we geek the fuck out over like all the dimensions. Good sets, oh, good minis, and yes. all of that. So like we'd love to hear kind of more sure. how you got into that and your process for it. And yeah, I don't think I'd ever do it. Um, it's not something that I was ever into at all before D anD. Um, really before kind of the mm-hmm. pandemic and finding finding a crafting hobby in the middle of all that, along with D&D, really. Um, yeah, because early on, like I would, I had dry erase mats. I, I had really elaborate like maps that I would draw that I still hate myself for putting on a dry erase and not actual paper that I could still have today. Um, so much time was put on those. Um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, they're gone, right? But they were so cool. And I was like, I don't need like maybe some minis. Okay. And actually, this is funny. I need to look up and see if this see if I can find a record of this because the first like terrain I had, I actually bought from somebody on Etsy because I was like, I didn't make anything, but I wanted something special for like a for like a dragon fight. Um, and, and it, which is just funny to think now I still have them. But like, you know, compared to what I've built at this point, I just started, 
Yeah, I know where I've got now. this ridiculous yeah. set of things, but I, I still use them uh, anytime I have like an ice cavern fight. I mean, the the boring part of how I did it was really just, you know, I tried to add a thing a week. You know, I tried my best not to let something not being crafted stop me from running a session. That's like the hardest thing, um, probably about DMing in general when you're really ambitious. But I think that the thing that I like about crafting and, and, and being a DM in general, like my favorite part of it as like, I guess, from like a creative perspective is that it's it's this great opportunity for <laughs> relentlessly unnecessary and extravagant like experience experience design like there's absolutely no good reason to do half of what i do and that's what i find so fun about it like yeah yeah well it's really nice to to put an obscene amount of work into something for like these five people and then that's it <laughs> like that's those are the only people that get it yeah it yeah. looks like for a few hours yeah yeah and then we're done um <laughs> yeah i so kind of love that because it's like you're creating art or something for a very specific group of people that are going to appreciate it but you don't mm -hmm. have the pressure of like trying to create it for like for a mass the masses right and so like other people probably still love yeah. it and think it's dope but you're not thinking about that right. when you're making it you're thinking about oh it's going to fit to the session and this person's going to like it because it's like they're going to be so immersed and like all that good stuff it's indulgent in a way that you almost feel guilty for it that's what that's what i like about it because because for the player, bit, yeah. right, I, I can only imagine, because all we can do is sort of like, well, I think this would be really fun, so let me see if they think it's fun, right? And then there's kind of that back and forth over time. And I have to imagine that having things, um, having having these things sort of crafted for you to experience has to be some of the most fun you can have playing anything ever, maybe doing anything ever, right? It's so great. But it's also really rewarding from like the game design perspective to be like, I can make this amazing like I can, I can it, really, we're party planners, right? That's what we do is just try to try to yeah. craft as much as we can to experience these really great things. And, and whether they're, you know, not all positives, challenging and ups and downs and all that. But um, so the, the, the terrain and minis, I think, just kind of heighten that. Uh, I, I kind of I, I think I made a video recently about this where like my dirty little secret about this stuff is I don't actually I don't like it for its own sake. Um, which is kind of hilarious given how much of it I do. Mm -hmm. um, but I can't bring myself to paint a mini unless I want to use it as a character in a game. Like that's when I can get excited about painting a mini. But just to paint it, to paint it, to have it, I, I, it's really boring. Yeah, it's the it's the act of doing yeah. it for for others, and yeah. I relate yeah. to that so much because like there's so many things in this world that I'm like, if it's for me, by God, will it go untouched <laughs> for right. for years? But the second I have even an inkling that it would be appreciated sure. by another human being, I'm like, this is the yeah. top priority in my fucking prefrontal <laughs> cortex right now. The way I had this exact conversation with my therapist, and she gave me a very <laughs> book. She said that fast, uh, yeah. ma'am, and I'm like. Yeah. Well, shit, yeah. Kelly, you're correct. But like, I love that because also just like from my experience, like I'm someone that like has recently gotten into the hobby and I have had so many games where like we're very sure. theater of the mind hose oh, like, yeah. most like, of the time. It, we love a D4 to represent totally. a monster. Yeah. Like, or like uh, a little Hershey kiss and then you can just eat it once you you've eat. killed it. Um, That's actually a good one. Yeah. You yeah. Know, as you, if you it's a little also reward, indulgent. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> like a reward. <laughs> a murder reward. Uh, yeah. But also, like, I, like I've like i had equally as good of an experience, I would say, at, like, some some tables where we've had nothing and it's been purely theater of the mind. And I'm, I'm also, like, a maladaptive daydreaming hoe. <laughs> oh, so yeah. I just be fully playing that shit out like a movie in my head. And then I black out. That's and then I realize that we're at a table. Um, but 
uh i've also like now that i'm running my own games um like i started with like as little of like what i could do with what i had in the sense of like i've got dry erase mats and i've got like like a few Mm -hmm. minis and stuff but then i also would like to kind of dress the table um so Mm -hmm. i have like random decor things or whatever like i live with my mom and we have like holiday decor so i think we had like a christmas session so i brought out like the christmas decor that we normally put on the table so there's like these little woodland creatures made of wood just kind of scattered about um yeah like our last session you had like the flowers and like the vines and the lights and stuff because like the my character anya like her last sort of battle when like the wither bloom campus which is very like druidic Mm -hmm. nature college yeah so it was like this very beautiful thing and most of the vignettes were all theater of the mind and then when we got down into the dungeon and like the fight to the final fight ollie Mm -hmm. kicked us out and like we were playing around with like you like put that green light Mm-hmm. up and like turned all the other lights off so then when we and there was like smart in, lights in the room and... yeah and like even that alone changed the mm-hmm. energy yeah. of it so much yeah I, like it immediately felt like oh sure. fuck this is yeah. serious yeah and it just it made it feel different yeah or like, it, like i went and found some really pretty um you know uh designs of maps uh, on Pinterest and stuff of like a laboratory and all this kind of like <laughs> fucked up shit. So I was like, they are pretty. They're also horrifying. They're pretty they're horrifying. Like dismembered bodies and like, of blood, <laughs> and there's like a casual foot in the bottom yeah. right hand corner. But they were so detailed that I was like, I yeah. looked up the dimensions of what a normal like dry erase <laughs> mat for for D and D is, and printed nice. them like posters. Yeah, they were dope. Oh, that's um, awesome. So that way, like we had a normal dry erase mat for just yeah. like the general dungeon, and then when mm-hmm. they went into certain rooms, I'd kick them out and switch out the map, and then they're like, oh, this is uh-huh. a this is a whole thing. So it's like, yeah, I don't have like all sure. the 3D pieces to really make it as much of an experience as like I would personally like, <laughs> but course, I also yeah. don't have the storage yeah, to, which is, to that house that reasonable. in my it's home. It's also where like, I love this, the skinny oh, minis too, yeah. because they can, they're flat boys and they can live in a binder. <laughs> exactly. So I've been investing Perfect. a lot into skinny minis because that still gives you something to look at and like, you know, identify with, but then also storage wise, it's more practical for me. Eventually, I would love to yeah, have a bunch right. of like three D sets and dedicate like a whole fucking room for yeah, it. Once but... I can like buy a house, I yeah. would like to have like a, a loft. It's just like hobby room and and D and D. Just yeah. put like all the shit in there. You guys will probably still be doing this in a few years. Come on, that's that. You'll you'll have plenty of time to collect. I have a good I have a good <laughs> inkling that I'll yeah. be in a retirement home running games with a bunch exactly. of old people. Yes, like, that's right. We're gonna have. Everybody, yeah, this whole this whole generation is going to have a way better retirement experience than in the past. Oh my god, that's going to be great! Uh, <laughs> yeah, will any of us remember anything about our characters every other session? Who we'll knows? Find out. That's okay. It'll be all all improv. Teddy, who like DMs mm-hmm. our sort of Western Eldritch campaign, yeah. like we so we rotate around who, who like hosts that. But there's a place like in Houston, like downtown, that we play at, and they have you know like minis that you can just use um, environmental Mm -hmm. stuff and so he's used a lot of that so like little trees and like little scaffolding for buildings so you can see like the height difference and the fights and like he's a big combat Mm -hmm. guy and he runs long combats and everything and And he sets up really interesting like areas for us to have our combat so it's a lot of cool stuff i have a hard time focusing on long combat Mm -hmm. um but it makes it so much more immersive Mm -hmm. And realistic, and it's so much easier to like strategize and make plans and stuff that it it keeps it interesting yeah. for like a long time, which mm-hmm. is very definitely cool. yeah. I, I 
I like it. So one of my favorite things to do is to introduce new people to the hobby. I I think, Mm -hmm. I think that kind of like we were saying, like the kind of the indulgent experience, the fun design experience. I think, I think that it's just pure joy to see when somebody gets it. I don't know if that makes sense to you guys. The The click, the moment where they're like, yes, I guess I'll try this weird thing out with you guys. And then partway through, they're like, so Mm -hmm. I can just, I can do that. And it's like, yeah, do whatever I want. Uh, and that that excitement that builds and 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 I found that some of the some of the visuals definitely help new players um, both kind of conceptualize, but also feel more comfortable because it's like, oh, this is kind of like a board game. I know what those are. Right. Um, it sort of leans into yeah. that a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, but it's also it's also sort of a I like, oh, it's kind of like a video game. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a way to guarantee somebody's going to climb a tree. You put the tree terrain on the table the first round somebody's going to climb that tree. If it wasn't there, who knows if they ever would have thought of it, but just give them the opportunity, let them climb the tree. That's what they really want to do. They don't even know they want to do it, but that's what they want to do. Let me add that sweet, sweet bark. Yeah. Exactly. It reminds me of that, like a, like a fucking American dad meme where he's like in therapy and he, and he's got like a little toys on the table and he's like, so I can just do whatever I want with him. (laughs) And the guy's like, yeah. He's like, can I move this guy here? He's like, yeah. Can I move this guy here? Yeah, sure. (laughs) He's like, well, this doesn't make sense. There's no conductor. And he starts going on a whole thing. And he's like, well, we can get you a conductor. Would that make you happy? And he's like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, and oh, that's amazing. That, yeah, for me, like, uh, for our Strixhaven campaign, we had two players um, that, like, they were a couple and they were, they fresh babies had never even touched D&D. Mm-hmm. And so we had them join and, you know, we eventually had like mix ups with like their work schedules and they couldn't join us anymore. But like for the time that we did have them, uh, it was really fun watching them like learn the game and also see Mariah, Bex and Alyssa, who are experienced players who are like really into it and watching them get to like show them that it's okay to get like Bex, Alyssa and I would be like having these intense like RP arguments like in character with all of the various NPCs and we had a thing where we're like we are also friends we just yell at each other for fun sometimes and they're like oh okay and like you (laughs) watch them yeah seeing them sort of like get more comfortable and settle in and start getting into their characters more and more each session was really cool yeah Yeah. and just watching those moments of like where like They've clicked that or like having them initiate like some kind of a role play scene mm-hmm. with another sure. another player, another character and seeing that moment where I'm like, you've stopped being you at the table and you've assumed your character and like, mm-hmm. oh, totally. it's so good. Yeah. Yeah. That's 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 a lot of fun. And, and that's the part that's like um, it's such a it's such a stark contrast to like so I don't have the background knowledge i had to homebrew because i don't know i don't really know dnd i don't know Faerun. i don't know this mm-hmm. whole fantasy like and i and my initial table that i first ran for was sort of a mix of new players and kind of veteran players i said well this wouldn't make a whole lot of sense because they're going to know more about this world than me i have to go homebrew so at least i can right. sort of and it's been funny I to see control. the things that have come- yeah. Yeah, well, or, or like, how do I, I need, because I, I want to reinvent it and I don't want to constantly hit up against, well, like, well, that's not how that works. Right. You want to um, be so the I need expert to be able to sort of, world, basically. Ideally, right. Especially in places where I find out that there are things that I, that I introduced that were weird to these veterans that I never had any idea would be weird. Um, one of those was, was the idea that, like, well, yeah, that, that, that gnomes, 
you know, has in their lineage, there's a, sure, there's a human and there's some halflings and, there's, and they're like, what? You can't. I was like, why not? What do you mean? Like, what is this idea of like, there's some sort of exclusive, like, it's like a weird race thing, right? Where it's like, I never even considered that idea, yeah. but apparently it's like baked into something somewhere. I'm like, oh no, like people, people can mix up with whoever they want. What are you talking about? That's such a strange idea yeah. otherwise. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm glad that I didn't carry that forward at all. Yeah. Yeah, we've had that whole discussion with a bunch of other like D&D creators in that same space of like stuff that is like air quotes canon in, mm -hmm. you know, D&D 5e and yeah. like the editions prior and how they've tried to like write out some of the more pro problematic stuff, but there's still like some remnants of other things. And like, for example, like mine, I like, yes, I'm running it as a Strixhaven campaign. And I'm I'm really like, I opened the book, I use the bones sure. of like the campus and the mechanics for school and all of that stuff. But I read into the plot and I kind of was like, mm, I don't really care for this. And also the the stuff that's going on with my my players is so much more interesting yeah. than what the book has written. Absolutely. Um, so I was like, we're going to discard that. Mm -hmm. And I'm also like, well, Strixhaven has to exist somewhere. So I placed it in like this whole homebrew world that I basically fleshed out in like That's a awesome. private role play server with some friends. Um, so I already had an idea of how the city worked and mm -hmm. the the government and other things. And I was like, place it in there. But yeah, there's other things that I've chosen like to take a lot of creative freedoms with, mm -hmm. uh, especially in regards to like whether races can or can't mix. Like some people think like tieflings and ASMRs can't. And my player was like, can I be a half tiefling, half ASMR? And I was like, absolutely. Yeah, why not? Yeah, like, yeah. like that's, a th that's a thing now. So yeah, that like is a thing now and that's ingrained into your family culture <laughs> and like Definitely. why y'all do the things that you do. Mm -hmm. Um, and like, I have what I just made a post about it, but I was like, you know, I have great Gatsby orcs that exist oh, in the city. Gatsby. Um, and they're just like really dapper dressed orcs and they're in part of high society totally. and very just contradictory what, to what you would know about orcs traditionally. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm like, fuck you. This is my world. I'm going to run yeah. it how I yep. want <laughs> and make pretty orcs. Well, yeah. It's like, <laughs> it's the same thing as the preconceptions that like certain types of creatures are just evil. It's like, Why? Like, what do you mean? That's such a yeah. silly idea. Like, I, I've heard you guys mention this before, and, I, and this was one of my notes, too, that I agree with you. I think alignment is one of the silliest ideas to exist in this game mm -hmm. because, well, first of all, nobody would abide by it if they used it. Like, no, like the okay, yeah. I'm this, this. And it's like, okay, but I can watch. And I will always yeah. respond. You're in not a robot. No and I, can, and I know that that's what you think in your head. That's all it really tells me. Because when I watch you play, you're going to play probably in these other ways, right? So it's just a silly, I think you said, what'd you guys say? Something yeah. like the motivation, right? That's the key. And I 100% yes. agree. Yeah, I think the, or the one time, like something like alignment or some kind of quick categorization is maybe sometimes helpful. Like if you're DMing and you're trying to quickly figure out like what, where an NPC stands in conjunction mm -hmm. to the characters sure. or the world or yeah. whatever. And like that, if you want to just like flip a coin or, you know, put some fingers down randomly on your chart right. that you've generated and be like, okay, they're chaotic and that can be helpful. But yeah, it can also be limiting if you yeah. take it I think in just like sure. a starting point. Or I think in the broad point. strokes of like, okay, are you a character that's going to save the orphanage or burn it down? Right. Like, sure. Uh, but then, yeah, like you said, like there's, there are so many various mm -hmm. situations and contexts and like, you know, complexities that they're going to encounter that are really going to shift that perspective. And it really depends on like, what, what is going on? Who's involved? How is that relating yep. to the character? Like, 
there will be times when like someone that is probably like normally a really evil character, they're going to care about somebody and they're also they're going to go against those rules for something. And also, like, ideally, your character should evolve, right? And they should grow and be affected by their experiences. And that's going to change how they see the world and interact with the world and see themselves and see their party members and all of that. And, like, you have to have flexibility for that to happen as well. So when you guys – sorry, I'm just going to keep asking my questions. You can just tell me to stop if you want. (laughs) I I have other questions I'm curious about. Um, I love it. Same. Wait, I love how it. Do you, so you guys mentioned um, a uh, a puzzle in a recent game, or like a cipher, or something like that. Um, yes. There's also, yeah. I think, a case to be made that depending on on the group or the people, sometimes players really don't like that, um, or or aren't interested. How do you guys gauge, or where do you think the place for puzzles is with a group game? Because, like, for instance, I have a group that can't get enough of them, and I have another group that they don't really care to mm-hmm. see them. That's not something that they're that interested in. Like, how do you guys approach that? Yeah. So, I mean, I'm a fucking <laughs> so yeah, I it's fairly safe giving me something like that. Cause I'm like, sure. I, I will enjoy it. Um, I think a lot of it is like knowing your table, knowing the energy, knowing your, your players as people and like what lights them up and what mm-hmm. brings them to the table and what doesn't like, if you have a player that's more of just like a, Sure. Here to bonk and be chaotic. Like totally. they're give them opportunities not to bonk. Wanna yeah. Decipher a thing, but if you have a character that's playing, you know, like interested in history or is like a wizard or something, mm-hmm. like, yeah, that would probably be a better place for them. And I think it's important to give opportunities for all of your players as people and their characters to sort of shine mm-hmm. and come through. And so mixing things up like that can be. A really helpful way yeah. to add that element in and like for me like my characters found that site like that code originally in like mm-hmm. our out of session rp and then she like took it to the dead languages society and figured out what the language was and got like the sounds like an amazing society and took it and yeah translated that it. society <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Place. um mm-hmm it's it's good shit. It's a it's a school club. Yeah. <laughs> There's, it's just a bunch of bunch of kiddos that are like they like the nerd to nerd out on like ancient mm-hmm. languages that nobody mm-hmm. speaks anymore, um, and and learning to become fluent in it. And uh, I was like, you know, they have they're they're at a magic school, so I'm like, yeah. you have, they have so many resources to go explore different avenues. Yeah, and I like to keep that open for them. But I think for me, the choice was again, yeah, like knowing right. her as a player, knowing her as a person. Um, and like, I am very keen on like listening into the post session <laughs> conspiracy theories and the breakdowns and I'll see like what kind of directions yeah. they're already planning on going. And I will start kind of, you know, finding areas to, to, to steer them towards. So like I had given her that cipher mm-hmm. ages ago and, uh, you know, sometimes I like, I think I planted a seed of like, oh, by the way, remember you got that, you got that message. Yeah, because leading up to that session, like we all had different like vignettes we were doing to finish the year and then like the vignettes we were doing to further the investigation into mm-hmm. like what was going on at the Witherbloom campus. And then we ended mm-hmm. up at the big fight. And so I was trying to figure out what my events would be. And I didn't really, I couldn't, re- I was having a hard time figuring them out. And then all I reminded me that I had that. And I'm like, oh yeah, perfect. Yeah. So, so I, I, I just look like, for the we've moments. done so much OSRP that I'm like, <laughs> that was months ago. Yeah. Um, 
So I'll, I'll look for those moments and, you know, I very much leave it up to y'all, but whenever you do come to me for a suggestion, mm. I'll be like, well, you know, you have this thing that you might have like forgotten and may, and like, it, as soon as I can tell that's like clicked for them yeah. and that's probably something they're going to go down, I start kind of planning. Um, and I think for that one specifically, I don't know if you've, you're familiar with it or you've seen it, but there's somebody on TikTok that does um, like ciphers for different random things. Like I think mm. that started with one called Green Rune. Um, and they do all of their note-taking and oh, all wow. of these different ciphers that they come up with. And they journal like you that. You send me. Yeah. I didn't send it to you because you need to figure out the cipher. <laughs> I, want I want it now because it canonically knows green room. Exactly. So I I'll send it to, I'll send it to you. But I totally. saw that and I was like, oh, this would be perfect. Mm -hmm. So I came up with a cipher. And then also kind of on that note of like immersion too, um, uh, when I can implement like some kind of prop yeah. that they can handle at the table. Like I've written yeah. letters and I've put them That's in awesome. envelopes and wax sealed them. and Like our acceptance letters to the college yeah and i like <laughs> flung them across the table to mimic that's great yeah. flying letters and uh ninja star them and hope i don't <laughs> take somebody's eye out yeah. but um where wherever i can implement some kind of like tactic to tactile totally. uh prop that they can actually like physically use or work on um i will and i th i think that helps add the little yeah. bit of it of, absolutely um, does yeah especially yeah. like with our table where we mm -hmm. do a lot of physical acting like having having those items to interact with helps a lot. I've been thinking yeah. a lot about, and I think this is just a uh, this is just a, a term that needs to be coined or used more often. Like we have plot hooks. I feel like there needs to be puzzle hooks. Um, an idea where so so mm -hmm. I kind of stumbled into this with one of my games. This was now you know well over probably a year and a half to two years ago, um, where or this is what kind of first gave me this idea because there was a situation in in the game where the, the player saved a little girl and she drew them a picture, which means that I drew them a picture with crayon of their party. Right. Uh, and so in making that, yeah, and I had, I, I had, uh, ulterior motives to it, which we don't have to get into now, but there, there was nefarious reasons for it to exist also. So, but, uh, the important part in this case is that, uh, the border of it looked kind of plain. So I was like, okay, well let's assume like, let's think about this little girl. Like, let's say that she, um, she's been taught, uh, a language by her mom, right? And so she's going to, with these like special characters, she knows she's going to write it around the edge. She's just going to write forever, right? That's a really simple thing. She's going to write it repeating with these cool little character looking things. And like, that's just, that'll be neat if somebody asks about it. That's why I put it there, right? And so gave it to the players and doing the thing. And somebody, mm -hmm. they asked like, well, what are all these nice things? You know, uh, uh, what was what was the little girl's name? I feel terrible for forgetting, but it was two years ago. But the, the little girl's name, they're like, what is... They're like, what are these? Uh, what are these characters? She's like, oh well, that you know, my mom told me those. They mean forever. That was it. We moved on. They're doing a dungeon. They're doing something. And then at some point, uh, one of the players goes, um, "Hey, so I think I know what these. I know the letters now. Like they had used the pattern recognition to determine, like, well, here's an F, and this is probably the O and the R and the E and the V. Like they had five characters now. Totally didn't help with anything. They just did it. And I'm like, huh, okay." So now to make those characters, I had to like create, you know, it's just a basic shape alphabet, right? Like very, very basic. But since that happened, I was like, yeah, this is now going to become a thing. Like the fact that this player has those five characters at some point, they're yeah. going to see the whole thing and they'll have to see if they want to use those to to go further. And that in, unfolded into like the biggest puzzle stuff that I ever did for a group, all because it was like, well, they didn't have to do that. Right. But if they did it anyway. So now if yeah. I'm doing like. Yeah, if I'm doing like if letters or if interest. I'm doing notice boards, there's almost always 
some sort of either secret message or little clue or something that I'm just hoping somebody will find and ask about or like piece together that'll like unlock the puzzle there. Right. So I, I, um, it's, it it feels a lot like puzzle hooks are just sort of like testing the waters that way. If somebody doesn't care, they don't look into it. Okay, fine. I'll save it and use it another time, but it's just so great when they do. Like you haven't put too much effort into it at that point. Yeah. Or well, like, let's I not. A, I won't say that. Episode. I won't necessarily say that. I've probably put <laughs> yeah, entirely too much time into it. it. Is. Yeah. yeah. Don't be like me. But um, <laughs> that's. I saw an episode of like the the new Candela uh, Obscura. I can't. Remember. I think it might have been the first season yeah. set of three episodes, but they did um like a message in a letter that was like revealed under UV light. So they were like, mm. they saw the normal message and they're like looking at it. And then someone, they have these things called like bleed detectors. And so he was like, oh, I want to scan it with my bleed detector. And like on their set, they had a UV light at the top and it lit up. Great. So while they're holding the letter, you could mm-hmm. see the the secret like message on it. And even just stuff like that, um, like obviously you don't have to have like a whole fucking rig up in your ceiling <laughs> yeah. or nothing. But like you could give them a you small, like a, little UV a small UV flashlight yeah. or and like, yes. you know, write it. I think lemon has that effect. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or like um, I, I think I know there are pins like you can write that show up under black light. Yeah. And like that. But like with um my character Anya for the green room, like now that she knows that of like I it's definitely something I'm gonna keep using. Yeah. In like, like trying to figure out and- yeah, like what other characters know it and like if she can teach it to some of the people that she's like close to. Definitely. And so she can keep using it to yeah Yeah. send out these like hidden messages yeah and i've kind of canonized it as like the way that rogues have thieves can't um rangers have green room yeah like rangers and druids i think you said because her mom was a ranger yeah and so i'm like that's just it's just it's just a cool thing that they can do um and I and I want to implement it and do and do more of it. I genuinely had a fear that you were eventually going to run into that fucking green room video on TikTok somehow because I've been looking at it. <laughs> no, I hadn't. Yeah, I mean, it's we our for you pages do look identical sometimes. Yeah, so it's, it was just the spirits were keeping it away. Yeah, <laughs> like, but no, I hadn't. I need to go look it up now. I didn't know you got it off TikTok. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where you got it from. TikTok. He has a bunch of different ciphers, and I and I think I'm gonna end up using them in a lot of other stuff. Yeah, I did ask that you just came up with it. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> I mean, I wish it was like, wild, but like yeah, one of the best ways, one of the best ways to work these things into games is to look up legitimately how do people hide messages from one another, like in in history, right? Mm-hmm. The, there's the, yeah, uh, what's the a, a really fun one? If you look it up, I think it's called the Open Doors Cipher. Like, I don't want to give too much away necessarily if people are like going to use these and stuff, but there's some really heard of that. approachable ones that end up being really really cool. Um, Hell yeah. And flexible. So yeah, it's it's definitely worth yeah. ra- rather than like uh looking f- like googling for like puzzles for D&D which is like typically going to be a lot of garbage. Like it's really, you know, not to say that any of those people making that stuff is bad, but sometimes stuff it just it, it doesn't feel authentic. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a world-building thing. But if you go back and study like well in the 50s, like what did they do to like hide messages over these transmissions? All of a sudden it starts to feel really cool. Yeah. All of that is super cool. And I guess to answer your, your original question of like, how do you determine if that's a cool at your table? Yeah. I think like, like Mariah said, um, it's about one, knowing your players, knowing which ones are going to, are going to 
take a joy in that and giving them room to shine in the abilities that they've like chosen for that that character mm-hmm. um but then also you know probably would be helpful to have like part of your session zero uh general practices of being like what kind of play do you enjoy most like some people totally. are are combat heavy people some people are role play heavy people some people love to explore some people love to like you said like like engage in puzzles and mystery and all of that good stuff um so it's just about knowing knowing who's sitting at your table how they're going to find their fun and like your your general job as the dm is to is to facilitate that fun and give them give them the things that they're going to enjoy the most uh, as a part of that game and also making Absolutely. sure it aligns with your own personal style because yeah. if you're if you're also not a dm that enjoys puzzles like don't force yourself oh, to yeah. to shove them out there yeah that's definitely true 100%. Well, we are coming up on our time here. Um, but thank you so much. This was so lovely. This went by really fast. Yeah, it did. Ooh, <laughs> it was really fun. Absolutely. Um, I, um, but yeah, loved having you on. Thank um, you. If you want to give uh, a little plug about like your socials and where people can find you, feel free. Sure. Uh, yeah, it's I'm I'm Ryan MLDM basically everywhere. Um, uh, pretty easy to find. So uh, hope to catch people in the comments of videos and things like that that's i feel like where i chat with people the most comments (laughs) Um, i I feel like because you guys do this is the this is the only other note that i had and you can cut this if you want no no it's okay give it to me well here's what i want to know here's i want to know how i can help you because you guys do these 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 sort of teaser clips right Mm -hmm. what is what is the what is the most um like salacious or enticing thing that i can say that can give you guys that clip where people are going i gotta go listen to that crazy shit that he just said (laughs) i've been thinking about it all day and i can't think of a very good one what can i let's sacrifice me i know i'm just like there was a last one there like last episode there was like an very off-topic rant i made about like posting pictures of the sunset like a white woman (laughs) Um, which i think we'll have to resurrect and like share that because it wasn't related to anything about like the naturally no i'm just kidding but it would i can't Um, i can't help sometimes thinking like man if i could just i'm sure there's some really like spicy opinion i have that i could just just decide to drop wall shit (laughs) no they're great put in our idea for future merch merch because we're now monetizing my nonsense which is probably absolutely i mean i feel like that's the tagline right that's the business plan is monetizing your nonsense yeah my nonsense that's all we can do nonsense yeah really? if it was um, that easy i don't know i love i like to genuinely just let the conversations go good. as they are and i find the good bits in there like we have tons of good little bits and good informational bits sometimes i mm-hmm. i differ between like sometimes it's content that is genuinely like us having like a real talk about something and then other times sure. it's me yelling fuck a million times about something <laughs> um so like yeah i like to like leave that not acting for me sounding uh, like i don't know basic edition like i did in the first goddamn episode which i'm st- i'm still not i mean i wasn't gonna bring it up so, but i did I, I did obviously hear that i did listen to that that was like the first thing i really remember I to, about like, your do... show and it was bad for me but, because we batch record, obviously. So I had to wait sure. a month until we recorded again. And then I had to get on there and be like, hey, I promise I'm not a dumbass. In, <laughs> no, in high school. No, in your defense. Like, tables. I, I, I understood what, you, what happened. The, the four plus three made total yeah. sense. It's like, oh, it was multiplied, I, not. So I think you're okay. I think you, I, think I you, meant four times three is 12. That's what I heard. And like, I, but I had to think about what I meant because in the moment, 
I was like, no, there's no way to save this. But then I was like, no, surely there was. Because I'm not, I say dumb shit, but that was too far. And then I figured it out like a week later and I had to sit on it. And then, like when you said it, I was looking at you because I was just like, is this a bit or did you actually have a, all have I a thought, brain moment? All I thought oh, I was no. joking. No. Sadly not. That's... Um, I was like, oh, fuck <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe next time. It'd it be what it be. It's, it's immortalized here. for yep. the internet forever. That's great. Well, thanks, guys, yeah. so much. I appreciate this. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It was fun. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was lovely having you. It was lovely. Um, And yeah, have, have a good one and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Table Talk is a podcast brought to you by Mythos Media Productions, bringing you a new episode every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at TabletalkRPG, or check us out at our website, mythosmediaproductions.godaddysites.com. All business inquiries can reach out to us via email at info at mythosmediaproductions.com.